0: I am Michael Movestro, and you're listening to the Vegas Bright Podcast, Episode 9. The Vegas Bright Podcast from vegasbright.com. So, podcast, it's a Vegas podcast. Welcome to the Vegas Bright Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Movestro, and it is great to be here. It's always great to be here when I get to sit down and chit-chat with you people about all the things that are happening in Las Vegas, uh, and uh, what an interesting week it's been uh, as far as Vegas news goes, and we will be getting to that momentarily. I do want to give a shout-out to a Bug who gave me an awesome iTunes review. Thank you, iDriveabug. So thanks for that. Thanks for your thanks for your review. I always appreciate reviews. Anybody listening, if you're saying, is there a way to support the podcast uh, financially? No, uh, it doesn't cost as much as you might think, but it would be great if you can go ahead on to iTunes or. Uh, Stitcher or Google? I'm even on Google Play yet. I gotta take care of that. Actually, I don't think I'm on there yet. Go into iTunes and just leave us a kind review. On today's show, we're gonna be doing Vegas news around the web. Uh, we're gonna be doing last week on Vegas Brights, and there will be Vegas history from 1928 to 1931. Not a lot of years there, but a lot of stuff happened. So, hope you enjoy that. And also for discussion today, my topic is my luckiest Vegas trip: the tale of the lucky pence. And I want to talk about the just the freaking luckiest trip I've ever had to Vegas where it's just like nothing could go wrong. I want to talk about that. And maybe you have a similar experience as well. And we'll get to that a little bit later on as well. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And we also have breaking news that we just broke on our website. All that and more when we come back. Keep it tuned. Well, it's not a radio. Just, Just don't touch the play button. You know, don't don't hit stop. <laughs> don't hit stop. We'll be back uh, after this on the Vegas Bright Podcast. VegasBrights dot com. All your Vegasy things, no resort fees. And we are back. See how that works. All right. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to be talking about uh, Vegas news around the web. However, we're going to change it up a bit because the big piece of news that I have for you right now uh, wasn't even from news around the web. Uh, This one is one that we broke. So let's get right to that. The Riviera is set to be imploded. On June 14th, we just released the date. This news came to us from Greg C., who got it off to someone who works at the Spring Hill Suites. And it would t- make total sense that the staff of Spring Hill Suites would be notified as they are in the inclusion zone, which is where the debris and dust uh, would affect that property. Since they're in that inclusion zone, they were told ahead of time uh, this would be happening And Greg C. got the scoop on that. The implosion date is June 14th at 2 a.m. That's when it's going to happen. Prices in the hotels are high for that week uh, already. And it it makes sense because prices went up just before this was announced. Uh, And it could be because of EDC and stuff like that. But uh, it's interesting. So June 14th, 2 a.m., that's the date we have this, has, this is not an official announcement from the LVCVA who are not going to announce anything until it's closer to the time. But now they might have to uh, say something a little bit sooner than when they wanted to release that information. We'll keep you posted, of course, on VegasBright.com uh, as all these details come in. Now let's do uh, news around the web. This week, Fremont turned 60. The Fremont Hotel and Casino over there in downtown Las Vegas with that beautiful red neon. Gotta love it. Turned 60 years old, they have issued commemorative poker chips for the occasion. Uh, There was a humorous article on what Red Rock Resorts should do with the newly acquired Palms, that they should be calling it Palm Station. Uh, This is an article on LasVegasWeekly.com, but if you go to VegasBrite.com and look for shit you may have missed, Fremont 60th Palm Station, Steve Wynn Ziplines. Look for that one, and you'll find the links in there. MGM Resorts will not charge locals to park for now, which is good. However, that's good only until the end of December of this year, uh, December 29th to be more exact, because of course they want to start charging people for New Year's Eve and stuff like that. December 29th will be the last day for locals to park for free at MGM Properties. Uh, Caesars Bankrupt Unit is getting some parent financial help. It's an interesting turn of events. And so their bankrupt unit is getting a little bit of uh, a little bit of financial help and some advice. Good for them. Uh, Steve went to show how serious he is about having zip lines at his resort, uh, the water lagoon thing he wants to call Fantasy Island. We briefly touched on this last week. He's going to redevelop the golf course, it's going to be a bunch of water. Anyway, that thing. He wants to have zip lines across it. And to show how serious he is about it and how fun zip lines are, he went down to Slotzilla in downtown Las Vegas. Uh, Scott from Vital Vegas got the scoop on that, uh, and you can find the link to that on our Shit You May Have Missed article. The Weston is closing their casino in favor of a restaurant. The Weston used to be the Maxim from back in the day, uh, and that's probably why the casino was named the Max Casino. They decided that the casino just isn't making enough money, and they feel that they're going to get more money out of a restaurant. Uh, but the upside is the sports book will still stay open. Jewel Nightclub is going to open at ARIA this week. Not quite sure what it was before Jewel Nightclub. I don't remember. I know I did an article on this a long time ago. But yeah, if you're into nightclubs, nightclubs are your thing. Go ahead and check out Jewel at Aria. It is opening this week. And you can almost guarantee it's going to be ridiculously expensive for bottle service. So if you're into that thing, have fun. Tropicana has news heating up. Robert Irving is going to create a new restaurant at Tropicana. You might know him from Restaurant Impossible. His restaurant will be called Impossible, and that's going to be opening in 2017 at the Tropicana. Hope that goes well. Barbara Streisand will play at MGM's T-Mobile Arena August 6th, 2016. Yes, Barbara Streisand. She's kind of legendary, in case you haven't heard. So it's interesting to see that she's sort of She's just getting out to Vegas and doing a show. I mean, that's kind of badass. I didn't even see that coming. Top Golf, Las Vegas, has just opened last week. Our very own Greg Bennett was there, and he's going to have pictures and an article coming soon. I'm not sure if we'll have it up this week, if not next week. Top Golf is the uh, new golf range, but it's more than a golf range. It's uh, It's got bars, it's got a lounge, it's got a pool. You can keep score, which is pretty awesome. Uh, Depending on where your ball lands, you'll know how far out the ball hits and there's targets and stuff like that. It looks like a really exciting time. Uh, So Topgolf Las Vegas, uh, you can find that link as well. And also, Beauty and Essex opened last week at the Cosmo. Beauty and Essex is that place where it's kind of a club and it's kind of food and you have to walk through a pawn shop to get there. And that's this week's news around the web. All right, so let's do this week in Vegas Bright, since we just we just happened to be here. This week in Vegas Bright, MGM Resorts launched a website to explain the new paid parking rates. Basically, they hope that the website will help make you feel better and help to explain things with uplifting videos and upbeat music. Uh, But if you want the breakdown, I can just give it to you right now. Nevada residents will get free parking up to 24 hours through December 29th, 2016. M-Life members, Pearl and Up, get complimentary self-parking. There is no love for you Sapphire members. Wait a second, I'm a Sapphire member. Fuck. Uh, Tiers Gold and above will receive complimentary valet parking, but there is no love for Sapphire or Pearl. The struggle is real. The new parking fees will launch next month, that's June of 2016, for those of you who are listening to this episode three years later. Blonde Forever shared 10 reasons to love Main Street Station. She probably could have listed another 10 if she wanted to. It's a really great article. Main Street Station is pretty fucking awesome if you haven't been there. I've been there once last month when I went downtown for the first time in six years, and it was awesome, and I'm looking forward to going back, actually on my next trip. Sam Monsieur shared why the Beatles love remains one of the most spectacular and satisfying shows in town. Uh, With new additions to the show, it makes it more upbeat. You can check that out as well. He's got fucking great pictures, by the way. I did a review on sprinkles, the ice cream and cupcake maker at link promenade. And they also have a cupcake ATM on the outside, which is pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, And, Gotta tell you, very juicy cupcakes. Well, not juicy. Juicy sounds like something's wrong with it. Very moist cupcakes. Very delicious cupcakes. Very rich, though. Very, very rich. I don't mean pricey. I mean the taste is very rich, so it might be a bit much. But to me, to me, it was good. I wouldn't have two of those cupcakes, though. That's a bit much. I think one is the way to go, and I'm all right with that. Uh, Michael James went on a stroll through the Neon Museum and compared it to an earlier visit in 2009. Greg Bennett took a drive to Zion National Park, and uh, we're calling this one a very special edition of Vegas on Two Wheels, uh, because it was too rainy for him to bring his motorcycle, so he brought his car. So it's a sort of a four-wheels edition of Vegas on Two Wheels. I reviewed and Gonzalez and Gazales, great meals for under twenty bucks. Sure, most Mexican restaurants have meals under twenty bucks, but are those meals as delicious? I don't know. I haven't eaten them all. But I have gone to Gonzalez y Gonzales, and it is very good stuff, very tasty meals, filling, and it's under 20 bucks. Of course, that's not counting tip. You know, I, that's not counting the tip. Tip, you know, you, you do the right thing with that. Yo11, one of our readers, shared his first trip to Vegas uh, with his first Vegas trip article. And it's a great story. It's got craps, the table game, and Tropicana, not the orange juice. So you should go and check that out. And that was it for this week in Vegas Bright. Now, if you join us on Facebook and Twitter, there's usually some bonus content. Greg C. shared footage he shot of the Riviera demolition. Uh, it's, it's just it's sad to watch, but they're just doing the uh, you know standard takedown of a lot of these structures. Not the two towers, of course, but uh, the 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 low the the shorter. Uh, flat, flat. Maybe I should have drank some fucking strongbow. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I should have drank some of that strong beer. I have no idea what accent that was. I I don't even know. But yeah, sad to watch, but uh, you should probably watch it anyway. Uh, And on Twitter, uh, Greg Bennett, our Vegas on two wheels guy. He's also, I'm not sure if you know this, the morning meteorologist on Las Vegas, KTNV, ABC 13. And he's in a contest and can use your vote. Uh, The contest is being held by the weatherist. That's W E A T H E R I S T. So if you haven't, go to the shit you may have missed article that we posted on May twentieth, and scroll down to the bottom, underneath where it says our bonus Twitter shit. Go ahead and click on that uh, that link there, and go give Greg Bennett a vote. And that is it for this week in Vegas Bright. That's everything. You got it all. When we come back, uh, we will be doing Vegas history. From 1928
1: to 1931. Each day in Las Vegas, hundreds of thousands of cars are left alone by their owners. While their owners are gambling, enjoying entertainment, or taking in a meal with friends, their innocent vehicles are neglected and unused in dark, hot parking structures. High I'm not Sarah McLaughlin, but together we can do something to end vehicle disuse. For the price of almost $10 a day, you can assure that these cars receive a paid parking spot. Your contribution will help improve conditions at these parking structures. They'll provide, um, better lighting? And maybe occupancy sensors? Your payment helps provide food, water and clothing for people who are already well off. Let's do our part and pay for parking today.
2: Oh yes,
0: oh yes, it's the Great Charleston contest. Just kidding, it is time for Vegas history though. So why don't we get on with some Vegas history? Today we're gonna be looking at Las Vegas from 1928 to 1931. Not a lot of years, as I said, but a lot of stuff has happened. So let's get to it, all you Vegas history aficionados. In 1928, one of the most significant years in the history of Las Vegas, on the 21st of December, President Calvin Coolidge signed the bill approving the Boulder Canyon Project. The U.S. government appropriates $165 million for the construction of the world's largest arch-gravity dam. The timing could not have been better. With Las Vegas having been in a slump for the past few years, and with the Great Depression just around the corner, this was amazingly good luck. And without it, who knows what or where Vegas would be today. Thousands of job seekers will soon descend on the town hoping to get work building this massive structure. The El Portal Theater was built on the site of the old Las Vegas Air Dome. It was also the first building in Las Vegas to install air conditioning. It opened on the 21st of June with a pre-release screening of Clara Bow's movie The Ladies of the Mob. An appropriate film considering the future history of Las Vegas. Sadly, no known copies of the movie have survived. Not surprised. Its biggest claim to fame, aside from the air conditioning, came in 1957 when Frank Sinatra introduced the movie The Joker is Wild. It is still open today, although now, it's a gift shop. Also this year, the first neon sign appears at the Oasis Cafe on 123 Fremont Street. Who could ever have imagined at this time that Las Vegas would turn into the neon city just a few years later? From 1918 to 1928, the Las Vegas population increased from 2,304 to 5,165. In 1930, the Paral Dice is the first property to open on Highway 91, or the Strip as we know it today. It's located where the frontier stood before it was imploded. It was built by British theater owner R.E. Griffith. The nightclub was only open at night, and in addition to bands and jazz performers, the Paradise served Italian food. In 1936, it was renamed the Ambassador Nightclub. And in 1939, Guy McAfee buys it for $20,000 and calls it the 91 Club. Named, of course, after Highway 91, McAfee owned the the Clover Club, which was a private illicit casino on the Sunset Strip in Los Angeles. McAfee liked to tell others he foresaw a string of clubs and casinos someday opening alongside his place on the highway. A few years later, he would build the best hotel casino on Fremont Street, but more on that later. Most historians credit him as the first to nickname the area The Strip after the Sunset Strip. The Las Vegas Club, which opened that year, also installed the first neon sign on a casino. It was only the second such sign. It was only the second such sign in Las Vegas. Yeah, I don't know what happens to the rest of my sentence. It's gone. Construction on, on Boulder City began that thousands of workers who were needed to work on the dam would need somewhere to live, so it was decided that a federal-controlled town would be erected for them. Just a few months earlier, the Secretary of the Interior, Lyman Wilbur, visited Las Vegas to inspect the town to see if it would be a suitable place for workers to live. After smelling alcohol on one of his employees and visiting Block 16, it was decided that this was not the kind of place they wanted their workers to live. The original plan was to complete the town before work on the dam began, but the construction schedule for the dam was accelerated by six months and the town was not ready when the first dam workers arrived at the site in early 1931. Because of this, the infamous town of Ragtown was born, or Shantytown to be more precise. Located on the floor of the Black Canyon, it consisted of tents, cardboard boxes, scrap tin, and anything else that would provide some form of shelter from the blistering 120-degree summer heat and the freezing winter nights. Gambling, drinking, and prostitution were not permitted in Boulder City during construction. Even now, Boulder City is the only location in Nevada not to allow gambling. The sale of alcohol was illegal until 1969. 1931 was a momentous year for Las Vegas. In 1930, the population in Las Vegas was just over 5,000. Three events occur this year that will change the population of Las Vegas forever. The legalization of gambling, the, liberal, the liberalization of the divorce laws in Nevada, and the start of construction on the Hoover Dam. Song change. You're doing all right, folks? We're almost done, I swear. I promise you. It won't, it won't be much longer. Gambling was re-legalized on the 19th of March. With a decline both in mining and agriculture because of the Great Depression, it was hoped that it would help Nevada's economy in these very tough times. Each casino was charged $25 monthly for each card game, $10 monthly for each slot, and $50 monthly for each table game. The tax was determined by the number of devices and not the amount the casino won. The tax revenues were to be split with 75% going to the county where the casino was located and the remaining portion going to the state. The divorce laws were changed allowing people to get divorced after just six weeks of residency. So people would arrive here from other states, move into small inns or motels, and after just six weeks they were able to get divorced. The first month after the new law was passed, 517 divorces were filed and 331 were granted, compared to just 1,021 being granted in the whole of 1926. And of course, construction of the Hoover Dam started on March 1st. All these events brought thousands of construction workers, gamblers, and visitors to the area. In January, the Red Lobster, I'm sorry, the Red Rooster (laughs) nightclub is the second property to open on the Las Vegas highway, Highway 91, AKA the Strip. The one-story, Spanish mission-style building had a stage for a singer, an orchestra, a dance floor, and a restaurant. It was located on the ground where the Mirage would one day stand. Although the Red Rooster was the second property on the strip behind the Paradise, it was actually the first to get a casino license on the 1st of April. The Paradise got theirs just over a month later on the 5th of May. But the very first property to get a Nevada gaming license was the Northern Club. The downtown joint received theirs on the 20th of March. This was also the first gaming license issued to a woman, Mame Stalker. She was the original licensee when the Northern Club opened in 1920, even though she had no background in the gaming business. But because her husband and three sons were all connected with the railroad, they were not supposed to be involved with things such as gambling. So she was the respectable front, you could say. Let's see, what else is there? Man, this one's going long. And next week, we're going to pick up at the Meadows Club. That's where we'll pick up next week. I need, like, some water and stuff. (laughs) We'll be back after this. VegasBright.com We're not only a podcast, we cover news about shows, hotels, restaurants, and gambling. We also feature the Vegasy buzz around town like new construction, renovations, and future openings, as well as reviews of places to eat, experiences, hotel stays, and new things to do. And occasionally, we offer a sneak peek behind construction walls to see how a new place is coming along. VegasBright.com I tell you, that Vegas history thing felt like a train wreck to me. But that's what happens when I do these things at like 1 in the morning. That's just how it goes. I can't, I can't fix it. So, what I wanted to talk about was my luckiest trip to Las Vegas. And maybe you've had one too. Maybe you had a trip where everything just seemed to go perfectly right. And that's what happened to me. If I remember correctly, when this did happen, it was July of 2012. And I'll never forget it. I had just got done composing a song uh, that I was working on for a while. And as soon as I got done with that, I knew I had to head to the airport. Said bye to the wife. Headed out to the airport. Got on the air train. I was living in New York at the time. I was heading to JFK Airport. I'm riding along on the air train, making my way you know, to the terminal. I get a text from my wife. Because of the storm, all flights are canceled. This storm had come out of nowhere. And I'm like, what? You gotta be kidding me, all flights are canceled. So immediately I start worrying. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna get to Vegas. What the hell, this is gonna suck. I look down at the ground, and I see something I perceive to be a quarter. And I'm like, eh, no one drops a quarter around here. And I pick it up and it turns out to be pence, 10 pence, a 10 pence coin. I've never actually held one of these before up until then. And I, would like, I was just like, oh, that's that's, that's pretty cool. So I, I put it in my, uh, not in my pocket, because I knew I would mistake it for a quarter and, you know, whatever. So I decided to put it in my wallet since, you know, it's a foreign coin and I like that kind of stuff. I get to the airport. Lines are everywhere. It's massive. It's crazy. Absolute pandemonium. People can't get to where they want to go. What's going on? I get in line. I get to the counter. And I'm like, yeah, I heard my flight got canceled. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, is there any other planes leaving? And he's like, no, no. And he's like, well, there's one that hasn't been canceled yet. It's flight 7-11. Uh, and, and they've been sitting on the tarmac for a while, but it hasn't been canceled. And I'm like, that's interesting. And they're going to Las Vegas. And the guy's like, yeah. I'm like, hmm. He goes, it probably just hasn't been canceled yet. And I'm like, okay. All right, well, thanks. I guess I'll come back tomorrow. And so I turn around to leave and I start thinking about it. And I'm like, well, why not? So the next thing you know, I just got a feeling of get back online and get on flight seven eleven. So I did, and I got online, and the person that I was talking to noticed like that I was standing in line. I was like making con- like eye contact with him. I was like, look at me, look at me. I know I'm seventy five people away, but look at me, look at me. And so he like, I guess he felt it or whatever, and he started looked at me, and I just gave him the sign with my fingers, the number seven. But with all in one hand, so my thumb to the left and my, my, on my right hand, my thumb is to the left and my index finger pointing down, 7, one, one, seven one, one And he nods at me like, okay. So I'm on the line, more attendants show up, so the lines are breaking up and moving quicker. He signals me over. I go over to him and he's like, okay, and you hear him typing, all right, all right I'm going to get you on flight seven eleven. 7-Eleven. All right, it's going to be at this terminal, and it's at this gate, and he prints up the ticket, and I bolt, I freaking bolt to try to catch this plane because it was just about to leave. I don't know how the hell I made it there in time. The gate he gave me was changed as I was running to the place. I don't know how it happened, but it was like not the one that he gave me gate change for blah, 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 blah. And I look at the board and I see the numbers different and now it's on the ass opposite side of where I just came from. So I go bolting down there and I got my my suitcase and I'm running and I'm running and I'm running. I get there barely out of breath. And they were just about to close the door and I was like, oh, flight seven eleven. I couldn't I could barely talk, it was just flight seven eleven and the guy's like, Okay, alright, Mr. Lakernd for your for you here. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Alright, get your ticket. Okay, go ahead and walk through. And get on the plane. It was the only plane to leave JFK that night. Every flight out of JFK got canceled except for that flight. Not sure why that one didn't get canceled. I'm not complaining. So I get to Vegas, and the cab fare from there to the Flamingo uh, was 16 bucks. So I tipped the cab driver 5 bucks to make it 21 because that's a good number. I got to the Flamingo, and it was just one of those trips where nothing can go wrong. Absolutely nothing could go go wrong. The, the line was short and quick. You know, it, I, I loved my view. I think it was the first time I stayed in a Flamingo Go room. I'm still looking at that very trip report, actually, that I wrote on it. What a great time I had. And then uh, I was playing video poker at Bugsy's Bar, and I got a full house, and I went up by some money, so that was pretty cool. And then it was like the next day, and I'm slot hopping. And I won 750 bucks on this classic vintage slot machine. I got a 10 times pay, a, a triple bar, and a 10 times pay. Ended up getting 750 bucks for that. Uh, I went over to another machine right afterwards. And I remember when I won that. Oh man, I remember let me see I can play the video. I'm gonna turn down the sound because I'm that's gonna come through my mixer here. But uh Yep yeah, that was it. I was so thrilled. And that's some grainy video I took. Uh good times. Double ten times pay. That was just awesome. Anyways I had uh won like a bunch of money and I remember it was just it just kept going, it was, and it was super late. It was probably about one in the morning, like it is as I'm doing this show. And a bunch of old ladies like got up and gathered around me and just watching it, you know, tick up. And they thought that I had bet like the dollar value or whatever, like that I was going to get like seven thousand dollars. And I was like, oh no, it was quarters or whatever it was. Um But yeah, seven sixty one, and it was just cool. And I got up and I was I couldn't believe it. And I went. Over to another machine. Uh, and it was, I, I believe it was called Cash Eclipse. I'm not sure if that's the title, but I'm pretty sure it's called Cash Eclipse. And I remember just walking up to that machine and, you know, I figured I'll, I'll give it a few. Oh, wait. It is Cash Eclipse. All right. Oh, they have footage of it on YouTube. That's great. So I played Cash Eclipse and sure enough, I won another 300 bucks and it was just like nothing could go wrong. That whole trip, not just that night, that whole trip, which is one of those trips where I was just in the luck. I was soaking in it and it was just such a great, great time. And I remember that upgraded my trip because when I went there. I didn't have all that much money, but winning all that extra money, yeah, my trip got heavily upgraded. I I was eating some good food, uh, I was seeing shows. I was having a great time. I sp- I spent most of that money. I absolutely did, but uh, the winnings helped to make it a better trip. So it was just it was just a great great time. And I was wondering for those of you out there, what was your luckiest trip in Vegas? What was that one trip? Maybe you haven't had one, and if you didn't, don't worry yours will happen soon. I guarantee it. But for those of you who it has happened to, what was your luckiest trip? What was it like? So you know where I'm going with this. What was your luckiest Vegas trip? Be an author for a day at VegasBright.com and send us your story in about three paragraphs to podcast at VegasBright.com and we'll feature your story on our site. That's right. We're doing author for a day again. And if you still have your first Vegas trip story that you haven't sent in, you're welcome. And if you've sent one in already and it's already been on the site, it's okay. You could still participate in your luckiest Vegas trip. Absolutely. There's nothing that says you can only be an author for one day period. So by all means, write down your story. Three paragraphs at least. We you know, we got to have something in there. Try to be detailed about where you were, what casino you might have been playing, and stuff like that. It really helped me source images for your story with the more details that I have. Send it on over to podcast at com. Use the subject, luckiest Vegas trip. And please include some sort of a pseudonym to use on the website. And I will have it up there on vegasbright.com. Um... Not too far from when you send it. Usually within, uh, if not the week you send it, it's it'll be the week after. So your luckiest Vegas trip, this goes out to all of you folks who want to do some writing and haven't done it yet and maybe you feel like I was supposed to do that, that first Vegas trip thing and I didn't do it. Now's a good opportunity. Go ahead and write it and send it in and we'd love to have it on our website. And I think that's what, that's right, is that it? Is that the show? I guess that's the show. Okay. Look at that. I mean, I suppose I could play some music. You want me to play some music? You want to hear that little, that jazzy thing I usually play? I could do that. Uh, or maybe we'll get something else this time. Yeah, you know what? Let's get something a little more upbeat. So I'm not playing Stardust all the time. Let me get that loaded and let me get that ready. This is the U.S. Army Blues. The name of the song is STEM. VegasBright.com, the Vegasy website where the parking is free and we are back on the Vegas bright podcast hope you enjoyed that song really like the US Army blues band they're awesome they're awesome and they're royalty free and that works out great for podcasts so we've come to the end of the show, and uh, I just want to thank you all for joining me uh, on this podcast, on this journey of Episode 9. Uh, thanks. Thanks for taking the time to listen. So now we're at the part of the show where we're going to do some shout-outs, and we're going to wrap up the show with these shout-outs. So I want to give a shout-out to Scott from VitalVegas at VitalVegas.com, Mark Meltzer from Edge Vegas, catch him at EdgeVegas.com, Adam from Vegas Fanboy. You can catch him at VegasFanboy.com. And he's also got a podcast, as well as Scott. For some reason, Mark Meltzer does not have a podcast. We have to look into why that's happening. I think he should have a podcast. A shout-out to Chris at Faces and Aces Podcast. You can catch him at FacesandAcesLV.com. To Mark, Karen, and Tony at the 360 Vegas Podcast. They just wrapped up their 360 Vegas Vacation 3, and it was fun watching all those tweets come in. Check them out at 360Vegaspodcast.com. Speaking of Tony... A shout-out to him and Jason at the Vice Lounge Online Podcast. If you're into cigars and and bourbon, you should check out that show. And if you're not, you should listen to it anyway just because you might learn some cool shit. Yeah. And that's about it for our shout-outs. Uh, I believe also—and what happened to my notes? My notes are all fucked up. Why am I talking like this? I don't know. But check out the Five by Midnight Podcast— Check out Tipping the Odds, Las Vegas Podcast. That's a good one. Check out You Can Bet on That Podcast. That's a good one as well. And thank you for listening to the show. We enjoy every single streamer, clicker, and downloader that we get here at the Vegas Bright Podcast. I am your host, Michael Movestro. I don't know why I'm talking like this. I'm just going with the flow. Perhaps I just need some sleep. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, Uh, clicking in or downloading in. It's not radio. Have a good one. Until next time, stay Vegas and stay bright. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.